for the past several weeks, I've been mailing out stickers for the podcast, and it's been really beautiful to have this chance to connect one-on-one with you, the listeners. And several of you have been sending me ways that you know that Jesus loves you. It's been really, really beautiful for me to see all of the variety of ways. It's funny because some of the messages that I've received actually made me stop and made me think, wow, is that a way that I know that God loves me? Do I see God's love in that? And it's been really beautiful. But by far, most of the responses have been vocation related. And by that, I mean, parents have sent me pictures of their children saying, I know that God loves me because of my kids. Husbands have said, I know that God loves me because no matter what I do, my wife is there and he gave me my wife. Priests have said, I know that God loves me because every day I meet him at the holy sacrifice of the mass. Religious brothers and sisters have said, I know that God loves me because he called me to witness to his love. And that got me thinking about vocation and about this way that God calls each and every one of us. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know that I was in the convent for a while, for about three and a half years, and I was in formation to become a religious sister. And for those three and a half years, and really the year before that, God's call seemed really, really obvious. I was like, yes, God is calling me to become a religious sister. That is the purpose of my life. And I felt deep, deep meaning in that, and really that God had set me aside for that purpose. But about a year and a half ago, I was writing my letter to ask to enter the novitiate, the next stage of my formation. And when I wrote that letter, I really took time praying before I wrote it to really ask God, you know, is this what you're asking me to do? And I was surprised at what God had put on my heart when I wrote that letter, because I really wanted to be a religious sister. That was what I wanted. That was what I felt God was calling me to do. But as I prayed about writing that letter, what I experienced was God saying, yes, right now I am asking you to enter the novitiate. Right now I am asking you to trust me and take that next step. All that you know is what I'm asking of you right now. And that's what I put in my letter. In my letter, I said, I don't know if God is actually calling me to be a religious sister, but I do know that he's asking me to enter the novitiate right now, and so I'll follow him there. About six months later, God made it obvious that he was no longer calling me to stay in the convent. And again, he gave me the courage, the strength to follow him, even though it's been a really, really scary journey. But what I think is really interesting is that on the surface, there's this loss of a sense that God has called me. That big V vocation, that sense of the like overall purpose of my life, it's not as clear anymore. And that's really, really difficult. But friends, God has not stopped calling me. And he is calling you right now. I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. I am Cecilia Ciccone, and Jesus loves you, this I know because he calls you. You see, God is constantly calling us. We can easily get distracted by this question of our big vocation of the purpose of our lives. The purpose of our lives is to become saints, to live this life fully, responding to God's love so that we will be with him forever in heaven. That's the purpose of all, all of our lives. But God calls us in each and every moment. And when we get distracted by that big question of, oh, when will I feel fulfilled? Or when will I know why I'm here? It's really easy 
to forget that he's calling us right now, that he's asking something of you, of me right now to move us further into his love so that we will know him and his love for us even more. It's really easy to think of God calling us as God just wanting to use us, that he's just using us to get what he wants. But my own experience has been so incredibly different from that, that God calls us so that we will know that he loves us. God calls us so that we will know how important we are to him because we are so, so precious. And right now, for me personally, I don't know my big vocation question and I'm not going to sugarcoat it, it's really, really hard. And as I've said over and over again, I need this podcast just as much as anyone else. I need to be reminded that God is calling me and that he is loving me in every single moment as he calls me. And some of the ways that God's calling me right now is he's asking me to focus on my mental health, on some healing that I need. And every single day he shows me that he loves me in that. He's calling me to serve my home parish as the director of religious education. And that has been a beautiful experience. At some points, I haven't wanted to pray for myself. I haven't wanted to grow in my faith just because I felt like I didn't have the energy. But I've wanted to grow closer to God for the sake of the people that I serve, which has helped me going in some of the most difficult times. I know for a fact he's calling me to witness to his love through this podcast, through social media, through communications, through all of these ways that he has placed in my life that give me such a great sense of abundant life and remind me of just how much he loves each and every one of us. And probably one of the most beautiful things that God is calling me to is that I moved back home, back to Delaware, where I haven't lived since I was in high school. And he's calling me to love my family in a way that I haven't had the chance to as an adult. And in that, I've experienced his love in a new and greater way. And I've also experienced his call to love, especially the people closest to me. And all of these are ways in each and every moment, each and every day that God is calling me. And I have a feeling he's probably calling you in similar ways. These aren't the big vocation ways. These are every single moment God is asking us to grow in his love. As I was saying just a few minutes ago, when we talk about God calling us, the first thing that comes to mind probably isn't the reality that he calls us because he loves us. There's this question of, does he just call me because I'm useful? Or does he just call people who are useful? You know, people who God calls, they have it all together. Does he only call people who are important, who can have an impact? Does he call me only because he can't do it without me? And I think one of the most damaging ways that we can see God's call is that God's call is a burden, that it is a challenge, that it is something that I'm left to do on my own, and that if I'm not strong enough, I will fail. But I'm going to take you back to episode one, and I'm going to remind you that God does not need you. Record scratch, like what? God does not need you. He could have created the world without you. He could have done everything without any of us. And he would have been perfect. He would have been just as good. But he decided that the best version of this world included you. And that's why he created you. And that's why he calls you is because he sees something in you that you don't even see in yourself. There's this beautiful prayer. I believe it's from Teresa of Avila that it says, God has no hands on earth, but yours, no feet, but yours. And it goes on and on and says that, you know, you are Christ living today. And it's true. And so That might seem a little bit contradictory with what I just said, that God doesn't need you because it seems like God does need us. And this is something that is really, really beautiful 
and that is life-changing if you'll stick with me. God doesn't need us, but he chooses to work through us to bring about his plan of love. That's a really, really important distinction because if God needed us, we can feel like we have no choice. Like God is lacking. God's not lacking. He's got it all together. He's good. But he chooses to work through us because he sees this dignity that we can be involved in his amazing, perfect plan, even though it didn't have to be that way. The best possible way for God to save the world, he decided, includes you. Now, again, this can make God seem really small. That like, well, why didn't God just create the world, save it on his own? Why did he include us as a part of that plan? And while I was thinking about this and praying about it, I remembered something that happened often when I was a child. And that was that my grandparents would invite all of the grandkids over a couple of times a year for a sleepover. And we would have fun and we would cuddle up on the couch and it was a great time with cousins together. We would play games and I have great, great memories of those times. And every single morning after the sleepover, my grandfather would make pancakes, usually chocolate chip. And he would always ask the grandkids to get involved. So we would be grandkids from age like two to 10. There were a bunch of us. The kitchen was really, really small. And he would say, okay, here, you dump the flour in. All right, now stir it. Okay, do you want to put the chocolate chips on the pancakes? All of that, he would give us something to do. And we would inevitably make a mess. My grandfather could have made those pancakes on his own. He could have just made them. We could have been sitting at the table and then he just brought them to us. That's something that could have happened. That would have, quite frankly, have been easier for him. The kitchen wouldn't have gotten as messy. We wouldn't have gotten batter everywhere. Chocolate chips wouldn't have gotten stuck under the oven. But that's not what he did because he saw that the whole reason he was making the pancakes was for us. And he knew that we would have a better experience if we had a part. It was something that was dignifying about him allowing us to participate in making breakfast, even though we didn't do as great a job as he would have done on his own. And that's something that came to mind when I was thinking about how God works. That God could have made everything without us. He could have saved us without us being involved. He could save our brothers and sisters and bring them to heaven without us being involved. And frankly, that would have been way, way easier for him. Because you see, we are people who make mistakes. We are people who sometimes are selfish. We are people who don't always do what God wants. But that's just not how God works. And that's not only not how God works now, but that's not how God has worked through all of salvation history when we go back and when we look at the Bible. When we go back and look at the Bible, we see that God works by constantly calling people and inviting them to participate in his work. For example, we can go back to the book of Exodus. God could have saved Israel, could have saved the Jewish people without Moses. He could have done it. He's all powerful. He can do whatever he wants. But he chose to call Moses a person who was deeply flawed. He was a murderer, right? He was someone who often didn't trust God. By his own admission, he wasn't a good public speaker. But he chose Moses. He called him to save people from slavery in Egypt and to lead them to the promised land. Another great example from the Old Testament is King David. King David was chosen by God. One of my favorite, favorite lines in the Bible is where God says, you see only by appearance. I see not only by appearance, but by what is on the heart. And that's what he says when choosing King David, because he's small. He was the weakest of his brothers. He was a musician. What about him said that he could lead Israel? But God chose him. God called him. 
He was a king who was deeply, deeply flawed. He was an adulterer. He was a murderer again. And yet he loved God. God worked through him. The book of Psalms, which is full of what are probably my favorite prayers, were written by King David, who not only led Israel as a king, all things considered, he was a pretty good king, but who also has inspired faith through generations. God didn't need King David. It would have been easier to have written the history of the Jewish people without King David being involved. But God chose King David because he loved King David and he loves all of us. And he wanted us to see how we can be involved in his work, even when we're not perfect. Now, the greatest example of God calling someone and inviting them to participate in his work, his work of salvation, his work of bringing all of us back to heaven with him, is the Blessed Virgin Mary. God called Mary to literally be his mother. And this is something when I realized it, I was actually in Italy and I was standing in front of this beautiful, beautiful fresco by Fra Angelico of the Annunciation. And as I looked at that painting, I saw in that moment when the angel Gabriel came to Mary that everything hinged on that moment. God asked Mary to be his mother. He wanted to become a person through her, right? If Mary had said no, not only would God have not have become a person, he wouldn't have died on the cross. We wouldn't have been saved through him. So in calling Mary, God not only loved Mary and said, you are worthy of being my mother, which is beautiful and true, but he saw Mary and trusted her with the salvation of every single one of us. He didn't need her. God could have become a person without Mary, but his best plan was dependent on her yes. It was difficult. And actually, there's this beautiful reading in the Office of Readings, which is a part of the Catholic Liturgy of the Hours, where it recounts this moment of the Annunciation. And it says, Adam and Eve and Abraham and Moses, that at that moment, everyone was holding their breath. And when she said yes, there was this big exhale, and they rejoiced. That everything in history was dependent on Mary saying yes to God's call. And yeah, we can say, okay, maybe if Mary didn't say yes, God would have asked someone else. Okay. But then it would have been dependent on that person's yes. This is how God chose to act, is by calling people. The most important things, he doesn't say, you know what, I'll just do it myself. He says, yes, you are broken, and I want to work through you. I love you. I see more in you than you see in yourself. Will you trust me and follow my call? This is something that's hard to wrap our minds around. Because on the surface, again, it makes God seem less strong. When in reality, he is a good, good father. He's telling us that our lives are important, our lives matter, and that they are an indispensable part of God's plan. And this plan isn't just for the story of the world, as though he's trying to write something entertaining, just for fun. That's not God's plan. No, you are an indispensable part of God's plan for the salvation of this world. It didn't have to be that way, but that's what God chose to do. He chose to make you an indispensable part of his plan. He said, that is the best plan that I can imagine. And that's why you're here, because he loves you and you matter to him. But there's this question of how do we know what God is calling us to in our day-to-day lives, right? If we're not just focused on vocational discernment, on this question of who do I marry or am I called to be a religious sister or a priest, when we're focused on what is God calling me to right now, The most helpful thing for me, and again, I need to be reminded of this because I certainly do not do it perfectly, 
is the idea of duty. And by that, I mean, it's the responsibilities that are a part of our lives and really living fully in the present moment. One of my favorite spiritual writers calls this the sacrament of the present moment. This fact that it is holy and God is coming to you right now in whatever it is that you're doing. So we all have responsibilities that are a part of our lives, and that is the easiest way to know what God is calling me to. For example, I teach. I know that every Monday evening at 6.30 and 7.30, I am called to teach. Parents have a responsibility to feed their children. We all have the responsibilities to clean where we live. Sometimes these duties might seem to conflict. For example, as a Christian, I have a responsibility to spread the gospel, but I'm also responsible as a person, as a human being with needs, I'm responsible for taking care of my health. There's no way around it. We have to pray to know exactly what God is calling us to when those needs seem to conflict. When those duties, it seems like we can't do both. And quite frankly, we won't ever be able to do all of them. That's not what God is asking us to. When we pray and we ask for the guidance of the Holy Spirit, God shows us what we are supposed to be doing right now in this moment. And I don't know if you've ever tried that because it sounds kind of weird and kind of hokey, but in a single moment, If you're ever confused about what you're supposed to be doing and you close your eyes, you honestly just say, come Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do right now? You will know because God is real. The Holy Spirit is real and his love is constantly moving you toward what is best. But this is hard because when things are difficult, we don't want to close our eyes. I mean, I certainly don't want to close my eyes when things are difficult and take a deep breath and say, all right, God, what do you want me to do? No, when things are difficult, I want to say, okay, how can I fix this, right? And to be honest, we always have that option. God is always calling us, but he is never forcing us. And that's another sign of his love that we would think, well, if God really wants what's best for me, wouldn't he just kind of make it happen? Why does he give me the option? And when I think about free will, which is really what this is, is this ability to make decisions. This is free will. I think about my two little sisters when they were little. And when they were little, I would often run up to them and hug them from behind. And they would say, Cece, stop. No. I'd say, no, I love you. I love you. That wasn't really love. That was me forcing my sense of love on them. That was just me wanting to hug them, not because they wanted it. But when I would come home from college, as soon as I would pull into the driveway, they would run out and they would say, Cece, you're home. And they would run to me and they would love me. And that was real love. That wasn't forced. And that, being able to allow them to freely come to me to trust that they would do that, if that was what was really best, that was me loving them in a better way too. And sometimes we don't say yes. That's the reality of free will. And God planned for that too. Remember last week we were talking about messed up plans. Messed up plans don't just involve when things don't go as we expected. It also involves when we don't do exactly what might have been the right thing to do. That's all a part of God's plan. So we don't need to get down on ourselves and to, you know, wallow in this idea that maybe I haven't responded in exactly the right way to God's call. No, 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 no. This is not meant to stress us out. It's meant to move us to trust him, to know, I don't know exactly what he wanted for the past, but God, what do you want for me right now? I believe that right now, in this moment, you are calling me to abundant life. What are you calling me to? This involves allowing God to mess up our plans and just focusing and living fully in the present moment. This is because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus loves you. That's the name of the podcast. And I know that God is calling you right now. In this very moment, you're listening to this podcast. He is calling you to receive his love to know that you are loved unconditionally. 
You aren't listening to this podcast by mistake. Right now, he is asking you to receive his love. And that is what will strengthen you and give you the courage to follow where he leads. And we don't need to be afraid of being called by God. We use this term laborers in the vineyard to talk about people who are called by God, who work for the gospel, especially. And I love that term. I use it often. But I think sometimes it confuses us and makes us think that God is like a slave driver. But that's not how it is. No, it is so, so good to be called by God. And remember, he doesn't just call people who have it all together. He doesn't only call specific people. He calls everybody in every moment to be loved by him. There's this parable in the gospel of the laborers who are working in the vineyard and they're all called at different times of day. And so some are called at 8 a.m., some are called at midday, others are called just a few hours before the day is over. And they all receive the same amount of payment at the end of the day. And this is meant to be referring to us in heaven, that some people never doubted the faith. Some people were always faithful to God's call. Some people convert on their deathbeds and everyone is in heaven just the same because it's all a gift from God's love. He loves us all so deeply. But the mistake of the parable is that the people who have been working all day get angry. They say, wait, 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 we've been working harder and longer. Why do we get the same thing? And that's so often how we think of being called by God. We think that it is something difficult and challenging, maybe even nearly impossible. And we want to know that our reward will be worth it. And it's true. Heaven will be so worth it. Don't get me wrong. But that leaves out the fact that being called by God is abundant life. We don't need to wait. Working for God, responding to his call now makes our lives better. Not in terms of money or everything going perfectly. This is not the prosperity gospel, but in terms of peace, in terms of meaning, and in terms of purpose. I don't know what God is calling me to in the big picture. I know that right now in this moment, God is calling me to be loved by him and to share his love with others. That's what he has called me to. That's very simple. The specifics, they they come up day to day. But I invite you right now to make a firm decision to follow God wherever he calls. So let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, send your Holy Spirit upon us. We know that in each and every moment, you are loving us, and you are calling us to love you deeper. Right now, we make the decision to turn our lives over to you, to trust you. Lord, we know that we are weak, and that we don't do things perfectly. It is a mystery to us why you call us, why you choose us, but we praise and thank you for your call. Give us the courage and the strength to follow wherever it is that you lead. And we ask you especially to make our paths clear. Lord, we want to follow you, but we need you to show us what it is that you want for us. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our scripture for this week is one of my favorite passages, and I feel like I save that probably every week, but it's really true this time. Um, It's from the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 43. But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, Jacob, and formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through waters, I will be with you. Through rivers, you shall not be swept away. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, nor will flames consume you. For I, the Lord, am your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as ransom for you, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give people in return for you, and nations in exchange for your life. 
Fear not, for I am with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For this week's Love Tap, the part of the episode where I share just one specific way that I know that God has loved me this past week. On Friday, I was driving actually to something for work and I heard a loud noise and my truck started shaking and I realized that I had just been in an accident. So I pulled over and I looked in my rearview mirror and the person who had hit me pulled over too and got out of the car and I saw it was a teenage girl and her dad. I looked in my mirror and I took a deep breath because I was frustrated. It had been a long day. And I took that deep breath and said, I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right now. But I got out of my truck and I noticed and I had barely a scratch. And I walked over and started talking to them. And the dad said, you know, she just got her permit last week. It was a merge spot. And I told her to watch out for the cars merging. And she did that by running into the other lane and you were there. And this girl who was 16, who had just started learning how to drive, looked absolutely terrified. And I had been angry and frustrated, you know, 30 seconds before, but I looked in the eyes of this girl and it was this moment of God showing me what he sees when he sees me, that I mess up and that I hurt people when I mess up. I hurt him when I mess up. He doesn't like that, but she needed encouragement. She needed to be loved. She needed to know that everything was okay. So we took care of everything. We did the responsible thing. And, but I walked away and the girl just kept saying, I'm so sorry. And I told her and I said, I promise you will become a better driver. It's okay. It happens. God bless you. And I don't share that story to say, wow, look at how great I was because believe me, there was a lot going on inside of me that I'm not telling you about. But God showed me in that moment what it is to be loved unconditionally what it really means to love unconditionally. He showed me a tiny, tiny part of his heart. Thanks be to God for that. This week's saint of the week is one of my favorites. Again, I feel like I say this every single week. All right. It's Blessed Benedict Daswa. He was from South Africa and he was a man who fully lived out his vocation as he was called by God. He was called by God to be a father, to be a school principal, to be a soccer coach. And in the town where he was, they didn't have an assigned priest. So he was also called to be the catechist to help people to learn about the faith. He was in South Africa and in that area, witchcraft was still practiced. And so one summer, there were lightning storms that happened all over the town and some of the huts caught on fire, people were hurt. And the people of the town, they said, well, if there's lightning storms, these must be because there's a witch among us. A witch is sending the lightning. So what we'll do is we'll collect money and we'll get someone to come in here and sniff out the witch so that we can kill them and then save our town. Blessed Benedict Oswa said, no, 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 no. Lightning just happens. He said, if you try to find a witch because of the lightning, you are going to kill an innocent person. He was a pillar of the community as this teacher, as a good father, as a Catholic. And he stood up for that for the sake of others to preserve innocent lives. Well, the people who he stood up to said, wow, he's really against us bringing in someone to find the witch. That must be because he's the witch. And they had him killed. But Blessed Benedict Daswa is this beautiful example of someone who followed God's call, who on earth by our standards didn't go so, so well, but who is in heaven and who witnesses now to all of us how we stand up for the truth, for the sake of others, how we defend the innocent and how we fully live in each and every moment God's call. Blessed Benedict Daswa pray for us. So this episode was really inspired by you, the listeners, and it has been so, so good to be able to connect with so many of you. This has been Jesus Loves You, This I Know. 
I'm Cecilia Ciccone, and I would love to connect with you on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at CEC Squared. If you feel moved to provide some support for the podcast, I would be most grateful. First, please, please, please join me in praying for everyone that listens so that each and every one of us will know that we are deeply loved by God. Also, we live in the world, even though we are not of it. So if you feel moved to provide financial support, you can do so on Venmo. I am at CEC underscore squared. And this will be in the show notes too. Thank you so, so much. And may God bless you. All right, that's it for this week. Until next week, we'll be united in prayer. And remember, Jesus loves you, this I know, because, well, because of everything. <laughs>